Hello, and welcome to the Coach's Cup. Sonia Green here. This week is a continuation of last week's topic. Last week, I asked the question, how do you measure your growth? And we talked about how we measure from our own starting point, rather than looking to those around us. We don't look to other people for our starting point. We look back on where we started from and we measure our growth from that point. If you haven't listened to it, it's certainly not necessary for this week's topic, but you might want to go back and and have a listen to that. This week, we're going to talk about why we don't measure our growth or success from the ideal. Now, let me start by just defining what I mean by the ideal. When I talk about an ideal, I mean from a point that we have labeled as perfection, that, you know, aha place where the angels sing and everything's perfect. We do this as if somewhere out there, the perfect version of Sonia exists or a perfect version of you exists. And she's all these things. And we have a list of how she looks, how she talks, how she acts, what she does. There's this ideal version. Now, logically, we know that there's no such thing as perfection, right? However, I think all of us at some point have let our brains go to this perfect version of ourselves. And we use that version usually against ourselves, right? There's there's this version of me when I was 21 years old and I looked the way I thought I should look and I, you know, all the things. And that's an ideal. It, it wasn't even true when I was 21, right? It's certainly not true now that I'm 52. So the ideal doesn't exist We know logically it doesn't exist, but our brains love to go back to that. And let's think about this. Maybe you're working on a project for work and you've thought about it in your head for weeks. You've thought this is what it needs to look like. This is what it needs to do. It would be magical if if this is what it looked like. So you have in your brain that perfect final product. What's the problem with that? Well, if you are measuring the actual project based on that ideal final product, then you're going to start to get frustrated, right? You might get frustrated in draft one. Maybe you wait until draft five to get frustrated. Maybe it's draft 15. But eventually, if perfection is what you have in mind, you're going to get frustrated because you're never going to be quite there, right? And what happens? Eventually, like I said, whether it's version five or version 15, your brain is going to lock up. Whether it's Just the frustration, whether it's now overwhelm layered on top of the frustration, whatever it is, it's going to completely halt your progress. 
because you can't get to the ideal. The ideal, I, I heard it described this way recently, is a lot like the horizon. Let's say that there's a point on the horizon and I start walking going after that point. Whether I walk 10 feet or 10 miles, I'm never going to reach the horizon, right? It's always out there ahead of me. And eventually, probably before I get to mile 10, by the way, I'm going to stop. I'm going to get locked up. I'm going to get frustrated and overwhelmed and tired, right? We burn ourselves out by measuring from the ideal because we're never going to get there. And we just stop. All progress halts. If it can't look like the perfect picture in my head, I just can't do it. Has that happened to you? It's happened to me. It has. And I I feel pretty strongly that it's happened to most people listening. And, you know, this is made even worse because even though the ideal is an unreachable standard, even society practices this measuring from the ideal. You know, last week I talked about social media and how we're always seeing snapshots of people's lives on social media uh, and the snapshots, they always seem idyllic. You know, I, I love the uh, the vacation pictures from the beach where the whole family, they're dressed alike and they're on the beach and everybody's smiling and, you know, the sun's behind them and the waves are lapping at their feet and it just looks perfect. <laughs> now, the one time that our family had had our pictures made at the beach, and the, the, the picture came out pretty good. But, you know, when you have six kids of varying ranges, you have boys who wouldn't be caught dead smiling. You have a baby that's wanting to crawl all over the place. It, it's just, it makes me laugh thinking about all the things that went on to get those pictures. But nobody sees that, right? They see the the image at the end. And so we look on social media and we see that and it seems like everybody else is living the perfect life. But that if, if that wasn't enough, then we have standardized tests that measures your child or, or formerly you uh, against what the ideal student is. And so, you know, it's difficult to try to convince our children or ourselves that measuring against someone else's ideal is a false measurement when we see it in practice every day in ways that seem to be high stakes, right? Those standardized tests are used to measure all kinds of things in our education system. So they appear to be high stakes but they don't measure who we are, right? None of you would say that your child's test score is a culmination of who they are. No one would believe that their child's value is wrapped up in some standardized test score. Nobody believes that somebody's value is wrapped up in a snapshot. And yet we believe it 
of ourselves. Every time we measure ourselves against an ideal that's in our brains and we don't measure up. And then we use it to beat ourselves up, to convince ourselves that we lack value, that we lack worth, even though we would never use it to measure somebody else in our lives who's important to us. We undervalue ourselves because we aren't perfect. It it sounds crazy, right? You know why our brains want us to measure the ideal, measure ourselves against the ideal rather than how far we've come? It's a safety mechanism. Our brains crave safety and certainty at all times. And when we measure against the ideal, the perfection, we're going to fail for certain every time. So if I know I'm never going to measure up, if I know there's no such thing as perfection and and I'm never going to hit that ideal, well, that's safe, right? I don't need to grow. I can't be perfect. I can't meet that perfect standard. So I'll just stay safe here where I know I'm not good enough. It's That's all it is. It's a safety mechanism. So if growth is your goal, then beware of the ideal. Really quickly, I do want to mention this. When I'm talking about the ideal, the perfect thing ahead of us. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't reach for our goals. Okay. There's a difference between having goals and having set this ideal. Goals are very clear, specific targets that we set for ourselves. And we have very clear ways, steps that we can take to meet those goals. So we always need goals. Goals are required for growth, right? We've got to be reaching out for something, but it's not perfection. That project that I was talking about earlier, that project at work, it's very different if you have the ideal, the perfect version of that end product in your brain and everything has to be exactly like that versus if I have a goal that I want to meet that has objectives, it needs to do this thing, it needs to do this thing, it needs to do this thing. But I am not rigid about how I have to get there. The ideal is very rigid, right? It's immovable. Goals, those, the way we get to those goals can move around all the time. So I just, I don't, I don't want to to confuse you, but I also want to be clear that having goals and working toward goals is a very different thing than having an ideal, a perfect image and that we can only go to that. There's a lot of flexibility in how we reach our goals. We change it up all the time and that's okay. As long as we don't let perfectionism take hold of those goals. Because once that happens, an ideal is always going to lead us to perfectionism. And 
Perfectionism is a closed off place. It stifles growth. All the growth that can happen, it needs to be flexible. It needs to be growing. It needs to be, I always get the idea when I'm thinking about growth of, I mean, I'm I'm looking out my windows here at the grass that's growing. It actually needs to be mowed because it's grown so much. But if I go out there, the grass is soft, it's flexible, it moves. It's very different than it, lo- than it looks in the winter. Right now, I could walk across my yard and nothing would break. Where in the winter, it's dry, it's brittle, it's not growing. That's what an ideal is like. There's nothing growth inducing about an ideal. Okay. Perfectionism kills that. It takes the oxygen out of the room. I think I'm starting to mix my metaphors, but you you get the idea. You're looking for growth. You're, you're looking for goals and ways to get to them, but not the ideal. The ideal is perfectionism. So what happens if you start noticing that perfectionism is taken, taking over. It'll be easy to notice because you can't move forward. Nothing is going to work right. When you get in perfectionism, you shut down, you close down, you take all of the oxygen out of, out of the room and growth can't happen. When you start noticing yourself getting into that pattern, that's when it's time to do an examination of what you're trying to get to. Number one, you do exactly what we talked about last week. You turn around and you look at your starting point. You get real clear on where you were and where you are now. Then you look at your goals. What is it that you want to achieve? And how might you start to move around to get closer to them? What decisions might you make that will allow you forward movement again. Anytime you you feel that tightness in your chest, everybody feels it differently. But for me, if perfectionism, if I'm in perfectionism, it, it gets tight. I get in a bad mood because nothing is right. Nothing is working out like it's supposed to be. My ideal is not being met. And so I have to stop myself and remind myself, what's the goal here? Because as long as I'm feeling this way, I'm not growing. I'm not moving forward. I've got an ideal that I'm never going to reach. And so I get real about, okay, what are my goals actually in this moment? And what are some ways that I can achieve those and start some kind of forward movement again? Okay. I hope that this short series has been helpful to you. It's good to assess ourselves, to assess not only how far we've come, but to check in and make sure that we are moving forward, that we haven't allowed ourselves to be suffocated by perfectionism, by the ideal. If you need a coach to help you get out of that, and sometimes, you know, we do. I I have coached women who have come to me because they're at the point that they don't know how to move forward. 
I have coaches for that exact same reason. Sometimes I get stuck and I can't get out of my own brain. And I need somebody there to say, hey, what about this? And they start questioning me. And then I can kind of start grazing my wheels and moving forward again. So if you're looking for coaching, you can go to my website, soniagreencoaching.com. I have several free resources that you can look at there. If you're curious, if you're in imposter syndrome or if you have a confidence deficit, you can take the quiz that will help you determine that. If you are on Facebook, you can find me at Sonia Green Coaching. If you are on Instagram, it's Sonia, S-O-N-Y-A underscore Green Coaching. I'm on either of those places. You can also go to the Coaches Cup podcast page on Facebook. We'd love for you to be a member there. We would love to hear how you have gotten through your perfectionism. It happens to women all the time. I guess it happens to everyone at different points, but certainly from the standpoint of a high achieving woman, I have experienced it multiple times in my life. I've had it shut me down multiple times in my life and I don't let it do that anymore. Now I I know how to move forward and it's a much better place to be. All right. We'll see you next week.